Hello and welcome to the Hoop Troop Podcast. I am Matt O'Connor and joining me as he does on all of our shows is my cousin Luke Drobner. What's up guys? And returning uh, special guest host, uh, my brother Mike O'Connor, back on the pod. Hello. Um, So just as he's back, basketball is back. Um, The NBA season started on Tuesday. Uh, We've probably had about two or three games for each team. So there's definitely a lot of stuff for us to react to overreact to in most cases um so today we'll, we'll get into some overreactions i think we'll, we'll wait a little bit um first and foremost though congrats guys we made it nba season has started uh, yep uh it's really tough i was on the phone with my mom earlier and i was saying how basketball hasn't really stopped for like the past 20 months there's been nope. like some two or three week breaks in there but for the most part we went from like the end of the bubble to uh, straight into the short season Olympic basketball straight into this season so like not not a lot of breaks isn't it kind of trippy it's been trippy at least for me where it's like it's been one year since the Lakers won the bubble championship and I'm like how on earth it is that feels possible? so long ago weird yeah so weird but that's well, because we I mean like, like Luke said we just had so much going on and like, even if it's not even like physical basketball, there's the draft, the combine, the whatever, the trade deadline, the or, um, free agency deadline, like everything like that. Just there was, it's not been nonstop for like a year and a half. And it's going to be until the end of like, what do you say? I still feel like I had missed very greatly the every night there's just a million games on and every other night the Knicks are on. So it's yep. just like, it just enhances your life. I'm obsessed. It so. rules. It totally rules. It's been really great. Yeah. The fact that I can turn the games on after the day is over is like it's usually so the day is over and then I'm, I just like sit here. But the fact yeah. that I have basketball to watch now. So I guess um, football was kind of doing that with like there's in football and whatnot. But no, and I, really. you know, I like to see it's 75th season, which is just kind of, mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a little monumental. Like it's just kind of a big deal. It's a big anniversary. Um, but did you see they released like the, top 75 or 76 yes. players for 75 no years Dwight. no Dwight Howard no Clay Thompson no Dwight uh, is astounding no Vince Carter no Tracy McGrady but like um, yeah so that's why I go back and like I was looking at because I, I think the reasoning for creating this list was like you're trying to tell the story of the NBA for its 75 years mm-hmm. and like to me you have to how is Dwight Howard not on that list I mean, his accomplishments as a whole in Orlando alone, let alone like he went and got the Lakers ring. Like, I know that he had that bad few seasons in between there, um, but he, he is like without a shadow of a doubt, a Hall of Famer and is one of the best centers ever. And like, I feel like you right. can't, it's, you can't tell the story of the NBA without talking about Dwight Howard at any point. Like, I, I do feel the same way. Like Clay would come up, Vince Carter would come up to me, I mean- Mac, not as much. But, so many great names left off. Obviously, there's also no Kyrie, no Manu. Um, right. And that's like Paul, Paul George, Tony Parker, Alonzo Mourning, Ben Wallace. Right. There's so. plenty of guys who are going to get left off. And that's like, even if you think about like, um, I, I do think it's kind of stupid that they do it every 25 years because there are yeah. guys like Luka or Jokic who are like clearly going to get there, but obviously don't. Right, who haven't had a chance to like build up enough of a resume to actually make that list. So it's just mm-hmm. like it's so, more of a snapshot than an actual like list of the true top seventy-five. 
that's how I'm accepting it, or at least I've started to see it. Like it's not there. We shouldn't read into that list terribly. Except terribly. it's not like it's not like how they do like the um, the voting for MVP or whatever, where it's like media and stuff like that. Because it's not it's, just that. Like a random it's, panel of people. It's, right. It's ex players, coaches. You do have some media yeah. members in there, but like it was pretty wide the way they cast the net for the for the voting. And so that's why it's like I was a little surprised. Like, I felt like there was definitely a, a dominance of older players like that to me. And again, I guess I am more of a younger fan. It's not like I watched the NBA like in the 90s and earlier. I wasn't born, mm-hmm. but like it, it to me seems like they put too much of a stress on, oh, these are like some of the greats. But yeah, they're not the 75 best. Like, I think there's so many guys currently who would blow those guys out of the water. But and especially Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard not making that list is insane. I actually is he your biggest problem with the Dwight, list? Dwight Howard not making that list is insane. Insane. His I'm pulling up his uh I think his career I resume. Think, I mean his career resume is unreal. That's what I, I mean. The biggest, I think the problem with Dwight Howard is when you like if you think about like okay, you have a bunch of like ex-players and ex-coaches voting, you generally want to be well liked by these people, right? Like you want to be a name that pops up in these people's heads. I don't know if he's left the mark on the league in the same type of way that, that some of these other guys on this list, like he, like he didn't really get along with Van Gundy. I'm not so sure how well he got along with like people like Kobe and Harden and like, right. So obviously those guys weren't voting, but like I th- you kind of, if he's rubbing those guys the wrong way, you kind of feel that he's rubbing a lot of other people the wrong way. So all right, and you want me to run through Dwight Howard's stats? I don't care if people don't like him. Listen to like how does this not how does he not make this team? It doesn't make sense. He's won a championship, he's an eight-time all-star, five-time all-NBA first team. He was all-NBA second team once, two-time all-NBA third team, three-time defensive player of the year, four-time NBA all-defensive first team. He was second team all-defense once. He made the all-rookie team in 2005. He was a five-time rebounding leader in the league, two-time blocks leader. He obviously won a dunk contest. Not that that overly matters. And then it starts getting into like his high school accolades, which do matter, like him coming into the league. But like, what are his career stats? Um, let me pull this up. He's way he's way out there on the career rebounding. Oh my god, his rebounding totals are freaking crazy. But like, it, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me that with that resume, you're not in the top seventy five players ever. Dwight Howard's number twelve career rebounding. And I'm sure he's up there in points as well. For his career, he's averaging 12.1 rebounds. For his career. Like, and at points, he was averaging like close to 15. Um, and then it, obviously it's trailed off since he's accepted like his bench role. And he's averaging yeah. 16.1 points. But again, that's trailed off as well. So like it, it definitely skews a little bit because of the way he had to kind of pivot towards the end of his career. But even so, like, my lord and then you get into like his you know his block totals he's averaging almost two blocks throughout his whole career he's it doesn't make sense to me it really doesn't that he got left off well, well, I, think said, I think we said it nicely <laughs> but like is dwight howard everyone hates him like isn't he just not liked by anybody like i think like you're talking about this list being like a narrative about the league over the past 75 years and i think generally when you think of Dwight Howard, you think about that he was a monster for sure, but that 
he everywhere he went it was kind of scorched earth like every he rubbed everyone the wrong way and i'm i'm guessing if those peers are voting but like think about who he's think about who he's rubbed the wrong way it's it's people who other players have already said are have been hard to play with and have, have fought with like he tried playing with kobe kobe didn't get along with Shaq. that's one he tried playing with uh james harden look at how that went with chris paul like he's gone places and played with players who like i feel like aren't easy to play with and so then he took a lot of the fall for that but i I, even so it doesn't matter that resume is insane also Also, like if we think i don't know paul pierce made the list over him think about paul pierce is very high on the all-time points leaders it does not matter to me dwight has made a much bigger mark on the nba than paul pierce ever has paul pierce is number 19 all-time scoring okay i also think when you think of Boston Celtics like Rushmore or at least top yeah. top Paul, six. Paul Pierce is on there. Yeah. Like is he? I don't even think he makes the starting four five time. of Celtics all time. Like yeah. No, he doesn't. But... Russell, Larry Bird. Right. I mean, you get it to Bird. You get McHale. I mean, um Paul Pierce. Paul but then Pierce. the 08 team. And you also have to remember Dwight Howard never won a championship as a number one or a number two option. Dwight Howard won a championship as a role player on the Lakers. So I don't know, like Paul Pierce won the 2008 NBA championship as the second best player on that team behind Kevin Garnett. You could even make the argument that he was the best player on that team. Four-time All-NBA, All-Rookie, 10-time All-Star, 19 in scoring. I mean, but again, that's like, to me, I think he did that as the second best player on a team, whereas... You have Dwight Howard leading a team of scrubs on the Magic to the finals and robbing us of a Kobe was, LeBron finals. That, but like, was, that was no team of scrubs. JJ Redick in his prime, they had Hito Turkoglu. In his prime. They, said they had Rashard Lewis. They had Rashard Lewis. They had, um, right, Hito. Um, I think it was Nelson. Jameer Nelson. But like, what? LeBron had far worse teams and he brought those. Okay, I understand. I'm not saying he's LeBron. I'm just saying. His accomplishments, his accomplishments on those on those teams, like where he had no business being that dominant and bringing a team to the finals. The Trevor Ariza on some of those teams. And then the the only other the, I don't even know if I'm calling it a snub because maybe there just isn't room for Clay Thompson, but he's another weird one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Clay is great. I, I think, think he needs really to finish his career. Shooter, to be honest. Yeah, like I. I do think it's borderline stuff. It's in like the Vince Carter category for me. Like, I definitely get why people are upset that he didn't make it. But like, I look at the list and I'm like, all right, who would I take off? And like, there's plenty of people I might just rip off of this. Like, I'm I'm staring at the list right now. And there's guys who I think you could tell the story of the NBA without. Like, you don't need Dolph Shays on this list or like Bill Sharman. Yeah, but it's also from a different era. I feel like if I... Right, and that's the problem. Like, I think they leaned a little bit too heavily on that. Because um, if you're trying to tell the whole story of the NBA, you kind of have to have some of those guys that, like, we would have never thought about. Like, right. Guys from... Who played in the 70s and whatnot, right? Like, right, and I mean, not... I, generally, I think they got this list right. But, like, do you need Dave Bing on the list? Probably not. <laughs> Compar- no, I, I mean it. Like comparatively to some of these guys who I think are far more monumental for the game. Like, and if you think of even just the last 10 years, like 
without Clay, like the Warriors aren't. Do they win a? Do they even win one finals? Does Kevin Durant go there? Like, but if you take if you take Clay off that team and put Joe Harris on there, right? So, I mean, with team. Durant, they're still probably winning. But yeah. Um, but all right. So enough enough with this list. Now that I've got my rant out of the way, we can get into the actual basketball. Which I do want to start with one thing because I know we were going to overreact to stuff. This is kind of, I feel like, just an overreaction, but um, the Sixers just clearly don't need Ben Simmons, and honestly, him, like, getting kicked out of practice and all the distractions that's going, like, and I'm going to air quote distractions because I don't even, yeah, it's stunk. He's been being a baby, showed up. He's going to practice with his phone in his pocket and not checking the drills, getting kicked out. Like, it's bad. And then now he's stepping away from the team, like, citing mental health issues, which I'm sure some of it is real, but at the same time, I... Who knows? Um, but I think that it's allowed the other players on the Sixers to really gel and assimilate. Like, I feel like it's something that they're all like, screw this. Let's go, you know, be so good on our own decent. outright. I mean, they looked good. And like, they did kind of collapse against the Nets on Friday. But like, I think it doesn't um, matter. And as long as they have them be, they're still going to be dominant. If they can ultimately find a Ben Simmons trade somewhere, like you do it and then you get your team just gets better again. But like they don't need him. Like they really don't. They look so no, good in their they opener. need they need a point guard or a shooting guard. They need some, like if you're right. gonna start I mean, Milton or Tyrese Maxey, like you're starting to push the limits of how good your team could be. Well, right. But, you know, I'm not, I think they're I'm not, great, but I'm not necessarily saying like isn't it you, so silly now they should have just traded for James Harden. It makes absolutely no sense that they did. Yeah, they should have. Yeah. Um, no, but my, my thing is more that you look at his contract and that's why it's like, you could be allocating that money elsewhere, which I do think you would need to I don't, do. I don't but as far as like allocating that money, it's, it's about having people on my roster, whether or not I spend that 33 million is not really much. And also like Mike's mentioning the James Harden, they could have done something for Kyle Lowry. They could have done something for, you know, there are guys out there that you can trade for that they just didn't. I feel like they could make a move for CJ McCollum, who would really help, but I don't think the Blazers are looking to move him. I mean, it sounds like Dame is is staying, or at least for now, like he has a good relationship with Chauncey Billups. Again, I, I think, don't know how much Damian of that I buy into. I think he um, likes saying the right things, which is good. Right, which, yeah, is fine. And, I mean, what, they started season one and one, but like – I think that Portland situation, I just don't understand how it ever gets better. It can't. Well, like, I like, unless you go to Portland, but like, they probably don't. No, Portland's such a bad city, bad basketball city. I mean, they just beat the Suns by 30. Like, I feel like they're not bad. That I agree. Like, they've been, right? yeah, they won, they beat the Suns by 30. But like, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like they've always been so close. They're still a good team. Like, I still think they're a playoff team. Uh, but the front so office went off in that game. See, that's what I mean. Like, I I don't necessarily think it's that they're bad. I just don't know that they're a. Are they actually a championship contender? Anthony Anthony Simmons had 18 points. How are you supposed to beat that team? Well, I mean, in all fairness, I feel like the Suns have their own issues that they need to figure out. Um, Uh, I thought the Suns looked really good. Well, the Sarver stuff that's coming out. I feel like there's a lot Uh, of distract between DeAndre Ayton not getting an extension, which. What? Why? He'll, he'll get an ex, he'll get an extension in the summer. It'll like, I mean, that he's gonna be happens, a, he's gonna be restricted free agent. Yeah, no, it, but it always happens with these big men. 
uh, like Clint Capella wanted the max deal and he didn't get it. And then he ended up just like settling over the summer for like the four year, $85 million deal he got from the Rockets. I think Aiton is not, I mean, not necessarily right this minute, but I'd say they're pretty even, but I think his potential is far greater than Capella. Like I I think think so too. just a better player and a better investment than Capella would have been. Because Capella is really just a rim runner defensive player. Whereas yeah, where, what is like, I haven't seen eight in shoot threes. I haven't seen eight in take people uh, off the dribble, but he doesn't necessarily like, even need to shoot threes. I mean, he does have a pretty no, good like mid range game. Why am I, why am I giving you a max contract? If you're not one of the players who are going to change the face of my franchise, I think he's great. It's just it, like in today's game, big men don't get paid like that. Like you, See, right. I, I, I agree. I think it's more of a commentary on like the, the economics of the NBA right now. Like it has exactly. nothing to, it's nothing about Aiton's value or skill. That's the problem. It's just, you don't pay it. You don't pay a center. Except okay, unless you're, here's you're the thing B, though. you get paid the max. If you're cat, you get paid the max, but if you're not one of those guys and you're playing center, it's really, really tough. But are I, you going to retain, you're Jokic. not going to retain him now. You really think that he wants to be there? Why would he? It gets risky. Okay, if I get, I, I get a. He's a restricted free agent. He signs a four-year, ninety-five million dollar contract with some team. I take him. I, I pick up. You know, I pay that contract. Right. Like, let the market set his price, and then I have four years to compete. It's like if Chris Paul is gone, are we competing for a championship? What's Booker's window? Right. Like, yeah, he's gone after those four years, but we still have four years of DeAndre in and. It'd be different if he was being a big crybaby right now and be like, trade me, trade me, trade me, kind of like what Simmons is doing. But like, it seems like he's happy to show up and compete. So Except like, I don't think he, he is. Stays after those four years. I mean, he showed up to that practice wearing a an Alfred Payton jersey, but I think it was a mess, like pay Ayton. Like, I think he is pissed. Like, I every report I see. I'm sure not he happy. is. But so it leads, it leads the question of, and no one has ever done it before, does he take the qualifying offer and not extend or and just get out of there after one year and just be like screw this i'm done which no rookie has done no you one's could. ever turned down big money but like are the, suns, it'll be, are the suns really screwing him it, it'll be the same thing that happened with gordon hayward in utah yeah gordon like they gordon hayward was like pay me and they were like no and then he took a big contract for someone else utah jazz matched it and then hayward walked he left he went to the Celtics after his four years were up he didn't complain about it. He was an all-star, right? Like he played. I, like I think it's same thing's gonna happen. The only thing I, I just and I don't know, but as like a small market, you just run the risk. Like you have such a good situation. Also, he earned his stripes. Like he obviously won them that one game with the dunk, but then was so necessary in their their finals he's run. He's good. He's he's very good. So it's just as a small market, like how often do you get these opportunities? So like, do you just give them the max? I mean, except here's the thing though. Like you just gave Landry Shamit $43 million. Like I know, I know you don't want to invest a ton of money in a center and I get it. I understand the landscape of the NBA, but like, it's not like they're not spending money. They just extended bridges, which again, makes sense. And they extended Landry Shamit. Like $11 million a year. Shamit got a four-year, $43 million deal. That's a that's a premium on shooting. Like, look at Joe Harris's contract. Look at, like, Except do you really Davis, buy Shamit? Davis, Davis Gershons, look at his contract. 
I pay, I paid Landry Sham $11 million to shoot threes at 41% on my roster. Has he done that? Is he shooting 41%? Yeah, he now, shooter. now I'm pulling he this up. Really, really great in the two games they have played. He's shooting, he's shooting 56% this year. He shoots 39% from three. He's had years, he had a year on the Clippers where he shot 45% in 23 games. So he's a he's a upper level shooter. Yeah. But I mean 30, 39% on five and a half threes a game. Five five point five threes a game. Right. And I mean, I guess it does make sense, but like the way I'm looking at it is like if you're Aiton, aren't you just like you're paying everyone, you're not paying me. I want out of here. You're gonna tell me that some team isn't gonna pay him. Some team will pay him. I mean, it it also does kind of feel like what's happening in Sacramento with Bagley and how he's just out of the rotation, and then now but, his agent is all pissed and whatever. Which, yeah, but that's on that, that's part of Marvin the King's Bagley dysfunction on, and yeah, Marvin Bagley not being the best player. I think Aiton will be the starting center on this team as long as he's on their roster. So yeah, um, it, it's an early overreaction, but you know. Phoenix is currently out of the playoffs. I, I know we've, it's only been three games, but then Dude, the Lakers Lakers are owned too. They're trash. The, uh, yeah, I mean we're going to talk about that, right? Oh, yeah, have yeah. to. I mean, I feel like that's like anybody have any f- opening thoughts on them? I was puzzled. So first, I mean, Luke, you go first because I I'm a little brighter on them than most people. Yeah, I'm not. But I my first bullet point on Tuesday was the Lakers roster does. Does Westbrook fit? Can you play Rondo and Westbrook? Can you play Westbrook and LeBron? I just put down that Westbrook is pretty awful. I mean, yeah, like he looks terrible. The fit was always a question when they traded for him. It didn't make sense. Like, and then Vogel rolling out these these rotations where you have Rondo and Westbrook on the floor together. What the hell is he thinking? Like, (laughs) are you insane? Westbrook is shooting 0% from three this year. Yeah, Two I games mean, hasn't made it free. But, like, I don't know. What were they expecting? Did they think he was going to be Ray Allen suddenly? Like, we knew he sucked no. at that. He's not good at that. And then they're not only are they not trying to even compliment him and like put him in positions to play to his strengths, they're rolling him out there with Rondo. Like, they are not doing him any favors to make him look better. And so, like, it's cancerous to the rest of the team. Like, LeBron is balling out in that, first, in that opening night game. And then they AD look like they lose. Dwight Howard. They're, uh, they're beefing on the I mean, on the AD and Dwight Howard fighting on the sideline. Like, it's just like, what? It's crazy. It's so think, bad. Except I think you sent that tweet. It was like, Dwight Howard's mad he didn't make the All-75 team. And- well, I saw people compare Dwight and AD's resumes, which, in all fairness, Dwight does have a better one. But, like, I agree, Anthony Davis, realistically, is probably better than Dwight. But I don't know. I mean, that first night for me, Pro, pro, watching them play, who they open against again? I it was uh, Golden State. Yeah, Golden State. and Steph is out of his mind. Yeah, they lost by seven. But LeBron seven. and Anthony Davis were the best I've seen them. You know, and I know I've, they've. It's been a while since the last season, or since we've seen them both kind of at the top of their form. But mm-hmm. they were, they were actually incredible, both of them. Oh, Steph and, wasn't good that opening night. Twenty-one Steph- on twenty-one shots. Tennis, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. He had the triple double. He had the triple double. And like he was pretty much the reason they won. Yeah. I, to answer one of your questions though, Luke, I actually, yeah, the Rondo and Westbrook thing is weird. If, if Westbrook's coming down as your shooting guard, it, it makes absolutely no sense. But what are you doing? Um, yeah. The weirder one for me is 
I felt like watching that first game, you could see that LeBron was like, what do I do with this guy? I, I just felt like he didn't really understand where Russ fits with him. But that's why I look at this team and that's where I get optimistic because like if you, and I was saying this to Luke earlier, if you look at Westbrook's progression on any new team he showed up with, the Rockets, for example, they sucked at first. Everyone was upset about him and Harden together. All of a sudden in the middle of the year, they get better. They go on a run. They look good. They were like, yeah, what, the, were they the four or the five in that? And they beat um, OKC and then they lost in the second round in the bubble. And they were on, honestly on a tear going into that point into like the but, break. But then you, my, my biggest concern is not that Westbrook will get better as the season goes on. It's what's the ceiling for the Lakers, right? Like when you, think of, when you think about him on the Rockets with Harden, Harden creates a lot of space by himself through shooting. When he's on the Wizards, Beal creates a lot of space by himself through shooting, right? LeBron doesn't do that. You, you're posting up AD. Right, like AD gets doubled every time he touches the ball. That's not like AD doesn't want that. Right, he wants a one-on-one. He wants he wants to right. be able to cook people in the post. Right, and if Westbrook's out there, like, what does that mean for AD's numbers? How does AD's game have to change to allow Westbrook to be good? How does LeBron's game have to change to be right? It wasn't that Beal had to change his game for Westbrook to be good, or Harden had to change his game for Westbrook to be good. It was just Westbrook trying to figure out how he could be good. What does he have to do to his game to be good? See, but now I look at this and I think. Obviously, that's all true. Like, those are huge questions and big red flags about the Lakers organization and just their scheme. But at the same time, like, talent generally prevails. And, like, I think that give it like we're it's been two, three games. Like, what are we doing? Let's not let's chill. We're, we're overreacting. Like, we're overreacting. Yeah. And I'm and I'm that's telling cool. you, we shouldn't because Westbrook, Westbrook's teams have all like started super slow and the teams have then gotten better. Look at what the Wizards did last year. Like, they were off. They were bottom of the barrel in the first half. And then they just went on an absolute tear towards the end of the year. And granted, mm-hmm. like it wasn't enough because they were in too much of a hole, but that's not going to happen when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis on a team. You're not going to dig yourself into that hole. Beal's not going to get COVID and like miss a ton of games. Like they're not going to, the same things aren't going to happen that are going to dig the hole is kind of the way I look at it. We'll see. We'll see how things go as each one of them gets some loading management, right? LeBron's not going to play a full 82. Westbrook's not going to play a full 82, and neither will AD. So when it's no, just how LeBron many people do Westbrook, play the full 82? Not many. That's why, like, I'm not worried. You guys yeah, are panicking. I'm glad. I'm not. I, I'll be honest. I'm glad you're not worried because I'm a bandwagon. I want the Lakers to win. I, I would like to see LeBron win another ring. I would like to see Russ get one. But I am very worried about them. I, but, I'm glad to hear you're kind of optimistic, but, and I, I, I'm a huge fan of Russ, but I was shocked. So, was but shocked. here's, the, here's the thing. They're missing some players oh. too. Like they don't have THT. Kendrick Nunn hasn't played Ariza's Ariza. out. Like but then Wayne Ellington, Ellington, who Wayne Ellington was shooting like 45% from three last year. Like there are pieces that are missing that like, I know they seem small and they're not a big deal, but like they matter. It'll change. It'll change the way. They it play. absolutely and now matters. Just between rotations. It's hard when KCP is your shooter. Right. Or, He's gone. Uh, not you... KCP. Uh, Bazemore. Bazemore is your shooter. Right. Um, Avery Bad- Bradley got the, uh, the Tony Snell stat line the other day of just yeah. running up and down the court and not put up zeros, put up zeros except for but, minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew and Luke, don't you guys have an issue with when the starting lineup, when you have LeBron, Russ, and AD in and just two random shooters, there's still not enough space. Like, it's not like LeBron is on the three-point line. 
No, I mean, and that's why they've been lining up Anthony Davis on the three-point line more, which doesn't make a tremendous amount of sense, which is something that they need to figure out. Um, even at points they were, they were playing when they had Carmel Anthony and Anthony Davis in at the same time, they were putting mellow on the block rather than Davis. So like they're making decisions and I blame Vogel more than anything else. I think he is, he is not even like remotely close to figuring out how to make this work. Whereas I feel like there's like a lot of things that you could think of that are like, all right, yeah, we're going to put Anthony Davis inside. If he doesn't want to play in there, like he's going to suck it up and he's going to do it because it's what's going to help them win. So like, there's some things that you absolutely should be doing. They should be running Westbrook off ball way more than they are. Like having him be I like think- a cutter screener, like that sort of like sort of player. Um, and they're not. Yeah. And so like, I just think that they're doing, they're not necessarily doing things that are going to help their personnel, like shine at what I think, they're good at. I think we should move on before we continue to run into circles. I feel You're like right. We're just going around and around. You're right. All right. Let's, let's jump. Um, I am overreacting to, and I know they lost their second game, but the Atlanta Hawks are a legitimate finals contender. They are the deepest team in the NBA, like, and it's not particularly close. They are, they are so versatile. What they did to the Mavericks, and I know the Mavericks have their own issues, but like they looked unbelievable. And they're, they just have so many. It's crazy. Unreal. They, they can play to any opponent they can change things up they have so many different lineups they can throw out there like holy crap um, i think the the addition of gorgie dang to their roster has been huge because i don't think anyaka and Kunkwu fits anywhere in those rotations but gorgie dang kind of gives them a little bit more size as a backup and also cam reddish has looked unreal so i mean I look at it and I think in the East, and I, I know there's obviously a lot of question marks with the Sixers, the Nets. Like I think mm-hmm. that there are variables. The the Bucks are clearly, as of right now, to me, the favorites come out fine. But then you look at like the teams towards the top and like, did the Nets get better? Did the Sixers necessarily get better? No. And the Hawks kind of did. Last season, they they were missing a ton of players because of injuries. We haven't even seen them with uh, Gallinari yet this season. Like, I think yeah. they are – they got better by realistically staying the same but getting healthy. And so I think they have a legitimate sure. chance after going to the Eastern Conference Finals last year to make that push. And especially if Trey Young is playing as well as he has been these first couple of games and was in the playoffs, they're, they're really freaking good. Like, I am – that's my – Again, my overreaction, I have to temper it because I know like the Nets are going to figure it out and they're going to get their rotations down. The Sixers are going to figure it out whether Ben Simmons comes back or they trade him or what. But like, I still think they lack depth at point guard, but that might change because Sharif Cooper hasn't played. Um, they yeah, had, but I, I think they had one of their two way guys backing up Trey Young. I, I also just think like you, when Trey is off the court, like you don't need a true point guard to run. The offense, do you? No, no. I mean, you can play Bogdanovich, Herder, Reddish. They all touch the ball kind of like point guard. So, right. That's kind of what I mean. They have Delon Wright, um, who yeah, I think too. can absolutely do it. Like that's why I'm like I'm looking at this roster and even Lou Williams. If Lou Williams gets more playing time or even just a little, even if he only plays like 14 no, they, minutes a game, like they definitely have who can guys, handle the ball. But it would be like when you think about uh, the course of an NBA game and you kind of think about like some of the better. Playmakers. I don't like after Trey Young, 
and maybe Valgan Bogdanovich. I don't know if they have someone on their roster that can really like set the pace for their offense. That's my biggest concern. When things are crazy, do you just throw Trey Young back in or like maybe Trey Young really needs rest? Do you have someone that you can put in? And I guess maybe Lou Williams can do that, but I don't know. That's, I mean, again, a fair point. Like I, I do think that they have some growth that needs to happen with some of their role players. Like someone needs to be able to take that step to be like, all right, when he's out, like I'm going to be our guy who goes and gets a bucket. Um, But like, that's why it's been two games. They're going to figure it out. There's a reason they made it to the Eastern conference finals last year. And it's not just because Ben Simmons wasn't shooting shots. Like they're actually very good. And so that's why I'm, I'm so impressed with the, what they look like um, after the first two games, even though they lost one of them. Mike, any comments? The Hawks just bugged me. That's why I've, I've <laughs> myself from this, uh, this conversation. I, I am so bugged by them. I never, I never liked them when it was like the really good Horford teams. I was always mm-hmm. bugged. So you're saying as a franchise, you just don't like them. I've just been bugged by the Hawks. <laughs> yeah. It's so ridiculous. I've, I've just been listening. <laughs> but yeah. I, they've just always been so good and they're a problem for the Knicks. Like, I mean, they're, they are more of an issue to me than outside of like the top in the East, like the, I'm actually more worried about them than the Sixers. I feel like we could beat the Sixers, we being the Knicks. But the Hawks, for some, like Trey Young can do whatever he wants. And it's pretty, that, that to me has been a fascinating thing, especially as you watch like the Luca Trey narrative. Like they're always going to be tied because of the oh, Trey. Oh, of course. I think, I think if you put Luca on this Hawks team, though, this Hawks team wins, might be the top, top team in the East. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's why, like, that just speaks to roster construction. And, like, yeah. if the Mavericks are really going to, I'm, this is another gross overreaction. Well, let's but, flow right into it because it fits. Like, so let's are the do Maverick, it. Are the Mavericks failing Luka Doncic? And yes. <laughs> like, definitively, yes. A hundred percent. Like, it's not a question. Yes. Like, LeBron they looked, level. They looked, I mean, to their credit, Thursday. atrocious. They look terrible. And to their credit, awful. to their credit, they did like out of the gate try and do something. They traded for Chris Stapps, which like, all right, is that much? No, but at the time like in hindsight, at the time it was, and Luca right. wanted him. They were friends, but like right. they just beat like they only beat the Raptors by eight, and the Raptors don't look good to start their year. Like, mm. uh, and like Scotty Burns, Jason Kidd, out. Jason Kidd is ass. I love Jason Kidd as a player. He's, he was my favorite player growing up. Holy crap. He is they're like running. He's atrocious. They're running a, they're running a high pace offense, which like, if Luca is your best player and you're trying to get out and run, I don't understand because Luca is not very fast, and like I don't see him being Who this type of guy where he's gonna. Who on their no roster one. is an absolute speedster? I guess Tim Hardaway Jr. can get out with pace, but like, what are you doing? And then like, they're posting up Chris Tapps so much, which is the worst part of his game. And it seems well, like it's just to appease him. Like in interviews after the game, he's like, I, you know, I appreciate my teammates getting to me in the post. We just have to work on not clogging the lane. And it's like, dog, you are, you are the one clogging the lane. You're garbage in yeah. the paint. What are you doing? That, I think they need to figure out something. I like Matthew's like pissed. Because the Mavericks could be good. I was optimistic going into the season, thinking that like Luca was going to take a step. I saw everything in the off season. Like he looked so good in the Olympics. I just thought they were going to come out with more fight and they didn't like they, they truly lacked an identity other than let's give Luca the ball and see what happens. 
and I like, think they have, I think they have good pieces on this roster. For sure. I just think it's, I just think it's overcrowded. They have a lot of like big men, right? Chris Tapps, Dwight Powell, except they can uh, all shoot. Maxi Kleba, William Colley Stein, Moses Brown. They can all shoot, but like you have all these guys on your roster, and how do you utilize them all at the same time? Why not move Maxi? Like I rather, I rather have. I don't know, like a average wing player. I'd rather have DeAndre Hunter than Maxi Kleba on the roster, and that's just I mean, because DeAndre course. Hunter can play small forward. Like I don't want, I don't want Maxi Kleba guarding uh, Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Like that's where uh, I think Dorian Finney-Smith comes in a little bit more. Um, yeah, but even then, like I don't want him guarding him, them either, right? Like I right. No, so, and I guess and, yeah, Tim, they play Tim Hardaway that. at the three a little bit more. Um, yeah, because I mean, he's kind of a hybrid. Was, Reggie Bullock too. Um, yeah, Reggie I mean, Bullock he was a strong a defender for the Knicks last year. But like Reggie Bullock is still like I think he's playing like less than twenty minutes a game to start the season, which he doesn't need to play. They more than a that, lot of, but they have a lot of guys on the roster that play three through five, and I just think it's too much. Where you kind of need to gain a little more balance. You forgot these rotations. Obviously, it's early in the year, but I don't know. I mean, the solution is obvious. You have to get rid of Porzingis. Like you have to, you, yeah, he, it just doesn't work. He's not good. You're going to get, you're going to get, and I mean, you're going to get pennies on the dollar for what his potential is. Would you trade, like, would you trade Porzingis for Ben Simmons? Yeah. But to the Sixers, probably not. The Sixers, to be honest, like, I, I don't think that's enough back. Like, I do, I All actually right. think Porzingis would fit next to Embiid well because you put Embiid inside and you put Porzingis out on the perimeter and just like, Keep them that Let him shoot. half away from the paint, and like they'd be pretty unstoppable inside defensively. But again, like Kristaps is bad and misses a ton of games, and like part of the fear the Sixers have is like Embiid misses a ton of time. So like if you're missing both of them at any point, like you're toast. Well, Kristaps Kristaps misses a lot of times because he gets bumped around really easy. But if he's yeah. playing out there on the perimeter as a stretch four, does he miss as much time? I mean, that's kind of what he's been doing though. Like. Dodge that bullet so hard. I I think that's like they're gonna have a hard time finding like a good deal where you get something that helps propel you into like that three four five got, range well, in the West versus being like got in the seven four, to ten range. He's got four years left on that contract. Yeah, it's gross. It's gross. I mean, that it was it's gross. It's so okay. bad. Yeah, 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 I know. It's it's tough. Um, Look at you, Luke, trying Luke, not else? to hate on Porzingis. I know you want yeah. to. What else? Okay, are your so my my second my second note is I'm talking about the Celtics roster. Okay. Uh, they played Tuesday. They played yep. Wednesday. They played Wednesday. They played Wednesday baby. against the Knicks. O- OT baby. Double OT. It was a good game. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Game. It was really fun. Jalen Brown balled out, and I think it would have been a completely different game if RJ Barrett didn't absolutely lock down Jason Tatum. He put the clamps on him. Yeah, it's, he really did. It's fun, but I think that is a testament to like if you look at the Celtics roster the reason that mm-hmm. they didn't look great is because outside of Tatum and Brown you really don't have anyone creating offense like yeah, Schroeder didn't I... look great Marcus Smart like hit a few big shots including the one to send it to overtime but like mm-hmm. you just really don't have anyone they don't any have other enough... spark plug they don't have enough creation I agree with you and I like them I think... though like I, I don't think they're a bad team by any no, stretch. I don't care about it. I, I, and so my note I have written down, I have. They're uh, 0-2, though, I, I, and they did I not. Wrote down, 
did not yeah, look good I mean, in their second game. I wrote down, I'm, I'm kind of surprised with some of their depth. I think Grant Williams looked really great. Um, kind of Obviously, defensively, he's a little small, but I think he's very versatile, and I think that helps. He kind of fits that Marcus Smart role, where Marcus Smart's going to be guarding one through four, and Grant Williams can guard five through two, you know? Right. So, like, that helps. I think Robert Williams looks good. Five for five, 10 point, 16 points. Um, obviously, Marcus Smart had that big, big shot that sent him to overtime. Jalen Brown, unreal game, 46 points. Uh, Romeo Langford, I didn't realize shot threes. And then he was hitting them, and I was kind of confused. Yeah, no, he's he's um, solid. I actually, when he was in college and coming out of it, I actually was mm-hmm. decently high on him. Like, I I mean, I didn't think he was going to be like a game changer, but I thought he'd absolutely be uh, like a solid role-playing guard. Purdue, Purdue, Purdue legend. Uh, well, I can't remember his name. I don't remember his name. He was like six seven, couldn't shoot threes. Played really good defense. Locked Romeo Langford down, and when Romeo Langford, who went to IU, came to Purdue and played us, the whole crowd would start chanting "overrated" when Romeo Langford touched the ball. So My I've Lord. never been big on Romeo Langford, and that's just because Purdue's Mackey Arena absolutely got into Romeo Langford's head. You know, we have we have free real estate inside Romeo Langford's head, so. We got Luke um, trying to recu- recruit future high schoolers to go to Purdue. I mean, great <laughs> atmosphere. We're number we're number seven in the preseason poll this year. Watch there out. There we go. Wow. Yeah. Um, All right. I got to so, watch some Boiler boiler basketball. Boilermakers, baby. Boiler up. But uh, I thought the Celtics looked good. I think their creation problem starts with Tatum being a better initiator of the offense. And that comes from him getting to the rim. Every year we always have this conversation where we're like, wow, if Tatum just didn't settle for, like, fadeaway 10, right. 12-foot jump shots, like, he'd be so great. And that's, like, that's where it comes from. He needs to be more comfortable getting to the rim. And then when he gets cut off, kind of move the ball. They have – I think Jalen Brown does a really good job of it. I think Jalen Brown's looking to score at the rim. And if he gets cut off, he throws a nice pass. He, you know, step back into a mid-range or something like that. Like, he, he is very complete. And I'd like to see that from Tatum where he's very comfortable – looking to get to the rim to get an easy shot. And if he doesn't get that easy shot, move the ball a little bit. And I think that's where their offense is kind of set up to have Tatum. Do I mean, that. every year, that's I feel like they I need at, Tatum to do that. But every year I feel like I look at this team and they start off or he specifically, not necessarily the Celtics in general, he starts off yeah. a little slow. Then he goes on an absolute tear for like a month and a half. And it's like, okay, the Celtics are great. Good. And then he kind of stagnates again. And so like, I'm looking more, I'm not so much looking for the first few 10 games or so. I'm more looking for after that month and a half when he really goes off, it's usually kind of like around Christmassy um, into January. Can yeah. he keep that level of play up into the end of the season? And the I, I think it has to do with his jump shot. Again, like if you think about jump shooters that go through hot streaks, they go through cold streaks. If he's going to continue to shoot jump shots, he's going to have this tough year. But if he gets aggressive and he's like, if I score 65% of my points, Within five feet, he'll have a better year. He'll be more consistent. And that's what they need from him. Okay. No? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I think that there's obvious things they need to start reworking. Um, mm-hmm. I think I, th- I would like to see how active they are, you know, come the deadline to see how they patch some of the holes on their team. Cause I'm sure there's going to sure. be guys available that they can make some moves for. Cause they are, they're mm-hmm. very close to being like a, a, you know, a pretty balanced, loaded up team. 
to contend in the East. They're not there right now, but yeah. a few different tweaks here or there, and they absolutely could be. And if Tatum takes a jump, but again, that remains to be seen. Okay. Um, my next, my next note is on the New York Knicks on this same. Game. Oh baby. Okay. What are we? <laughs> it's not good news. I, I think the roster is a little too much. I think you have a lot of guys fighting for minutes and I'm not so sure how it's going to shake out because okay. like quickly played quickly. I don't know how many minutes again he played last year, but he only played eight minutes in the first game. And that's because yeah, you guys, you in all fairness, like he was Fournier now in all fairness, he was chucking. He was not taking smart shots. And I think Tibbs now, like he can have a short leash with a lot of guys. Now the, the, the goal is kind of changed compared to last year. Like last year it was just like, all right, let's develop. Let's try and win some games and, and compete. You see that, you see that culture a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you guys sent the tweet or I just saw it, but like Quentin Grimes is getting up shots after the yep. game. Miles McBride was getting up shots after the game. And I think it's because a lot of these guys at the end of the bench understand that minutes are not given, they're earned, especially on right. a tips team. Oh yeah. Which I think I mean, is, I, I think that's great, but like, I don't know how comfortable I am with Kemba Walker playing 36 minutes a game. I mean, he's not always going to do that is kind of the thing. Right. Like, I mean, if you look comparatively and I know it's in a 25 point blowout of magic, but like that was way more balanced with their rotation. Sure. And so, like, even if it's a closer game, I still think that there's going to be games where, you know, Quickly's playing well and they keep him in. I think there's going to be games where mm-hmm. Rose is playing well, they keep him in. I think the same thing can be said for Fournier. I think, you know, maybe RJ sits a little more. Or, like, if Obi's playing super well, he, they let him run a little more. Because he has... Obi has good. looked really good. Right. And so that's why I think, like, they're going to be a little more flexible with that and kind of ride the hot hand. And so that's why, like, Quickly didn't have it in that first game. He really didn't. Then in the second game, they come out and they break the franchise franchise records for three pointers made in a game. So like, I do think there is going to be a degree of balance there where there are some games where it's going to be like, yeah, this is dumb. Why, why are we, you know, short changing some people on an opportunity to get into the rotation, get in a rhythm. And like, if Randall's playing 40 minutes, like a game, all right, we're going to have to have a conversation about that. That's that shouldn't be happening. But at the same time, I still think Tibbs is, is absolutely right. Like, play who's playing well, don't really fixate too much on the minutes and then see what happens. You know, I, I think sure. we're going to run into the problem too at some point where Kemba misses 25 games in a row because his knee hurts. And like, so for the time being, I'm not too worried. We'll, okay. we'll honestly check back in on me in 20 games and I'll, <laughs> I'm we definitely going to have okay. a different review of this. Balanced perspective on it all. What do you usually, mean? Usually you're you're a huge criticizer of uh critic of Tibbs' minutes. No, I, I think it can become an issue without a doubt. And I think these two games are a poor indicator of his distribution because one of them was a double overtime, and you're obviously just gonna play your your best and hot guys in both of them. And then mm-hmm. I think in a 30-point win, like yeah, you're your rotation is not the same as it would be in like a five point win. So I, I, I really can't get a grasp on what he's doing yet. And so I think I'm going to need to back up and wait. That Which said in the preseason, they played everyone a ton. So uh, also just, just saying Hornets just beat the Nets. They won. Wow. They were down before. Yeah. Hornets have looked really, really Hornets won by Wow. Oh my God. They were losing in, I, I was, Most I was checking game. that score before we hopped on. Oh my God. Uh oh. And yeah. that was after the protests in Brooklyn, too, to get Kyrie to be able to play. 
the fans storming the <laughs> yes, gate. Yes, I saw My that. Yes, Lord, what happened? Oh, you like... didn't see this? I sent I sent you guys a tweet uh, outside. There was like a protest, like an anti-vax protest outside of Barclays Center for their home opener, like trying to get Kyrie to be able to play, and they stormed like barricades, and they were like trying to get into the arena. Yeah, they pu- they pulled a uh, a Nets insurrection, <laughs> and we're wow. we're trying to storm Barclays Center. Uh, Durant, Durant, Durant had 38 in this game. Yeah, they wow. lost. So what does it matter? <laughs> it doesn't. It's God's honest truth. I mean, Jalen Brown had 46 and lost in double overtime, but now the Celtics are 0-2. Yeah, but it doesn't they were, matter. They were playing don't the mean Knicks. a thing wow. if you don't got the ring. Who was that? Was that uh, the Bulls or the Lakers? Who said that? I don't remember that. Scotty Pippen said it. it. Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Um, okay, my next note is the Spurs. They played the Magic on Wednesday. They had seven guys score 12 or more points. I unfortunately think that's more of an indicator about the Magic than about the Spurs, to be perfectly Maybe. honest. Because the Knicks did the same thing on Friday. I think I think the Spurs are a, a trap game almost. I think uh, I think they have a lot of guys on this roster who play. So. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I like I think they're bad. Like they're not a threat. No, but like not. I think if you go in there expecting a win, they're gonna they're gonna punch you in the nose and you're gonna you're gonna be on your heels for a little while. But like no. I still think at the same time are they they're not even making the play in. They had four guys score in double figures against the Nuggets. Keldon Johnson had 27. Yeah. Milwaukee. I mean, they're not a bad team. They're not no. good, One, but they're two. not bad. They're like I would put them in the same category as like they the had, Kings. They had six guys scoring double figures against the Bucks. Doug McDermott, seven for 11 from three. It's pretty. Yeah, I forgot they they're not, they got big buckets. They're not, they're not uh, winning any of these games, but eh. I'm snoozing. The Spurs Why, are you're not, not big on the Spurs? They're they just are boring. Little, they're a little boring right now. I mean, they are. Just it's not like they were like, boring the, when they were I good, agree, and now but they're I boring and bad. Saying. But I agree with what Luke is saying that they have like sneaky, really talented people. Like Dejounte Murray is amazing. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, white. I think they're going to get a. I think they're going to get a high draft pick. I could actually see them moving a role player and their pick for a higher pick. Yeah, I just to get the guy to get the guy they want. Get a Chet Holmgren or a Paolo Banchero out of Duke or something like that. Right? Yeah. But I would okay, if you guys like, are, I don't guys, even I don't even put too much thought in them. But yeah, like I'm looking at this roster and they're not. They're not bad. No. They're they're a competitive team. They're gonna swing some games here or there. Like, but that's all I'm giving. Like, I would never go out of my way to watch this team. I don't think. But like, <laughs> no. But at the same time, like, like a team of getting a team like shat on right now. No, but a, no, team, I, a team with like Keldon Johnson, Derek White, Dejounte Murray, Thad Young. Like, they're not they're not bad. Keldon they Johnson's, have good players. Like Keldon Johnson's their star. Yeah, I, I mean, of course. I was about to say that they're, good. they're like the Western, I was about to say they're like the Western Conference Bulls, but the Bulls are are no Bulls are high. Yeah, Bulls are three and zero. Leading the East. So, Luke, you're overreacting, and here's why. No, they're not. They're so Luke, high. Luke, they played so the Pistons, hyped. the Pelicans, and the Pistons, and then they so, play the Raptors. They're so hype. They're dunking on people. They're yeah, because they played running, absolute garbage. Levine, Levine is popping off. Yeah, Luke, because they're they played teams rolling me out there. Like they're not playing good teams. Detroit's Literally. pretty decent. You think Detroit is decent? Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant. Uh, I'm I mean, checking hey, out this box Kate, score against the, the Kate, first Pistons game. 
I think Kate is out. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, Luke. Uh, they're back. They almost they almost lost their opener against the Pistons. Okay. Which they is one by six. That's. No, but they're down most of the game. <laughs> um, and then they beat no, them by it, fifteen in the second one. Like the energy, the energy in the Bulls arena, and, and like here, we, obviously, you're like, oh, Luke, you're overreacting, hundred percent. You know. As of right now, the Bulls are going 82 and 0 in my mind. Why? Because I love this team. You know who else but, is 3 0 after their win today? The Hornets. Do I think either of them are that good? No. Although the Hornets uh, beating the Nets is a more of a statement win than the other ones. But like, my lord, no. Neither of them are going to be higher than like the seven. It's about the energy that the Bulls are bringing, right? It's uh, like the fact that they've started strong, the people of Chicago are behind the team. It feels good. I mean, I like them. They're going to watch. They're going to have. They're going to have a good year. Without a I doubt. I think. I think the whole offseason, I've been saying I'm big on this team. They're going to be good, and you guys put me down for it. Do I'm you, think. Do you think they can make the Eastern Conference Finals? No. No. But, but I think they're a playoff team easily. But I. I also think. I also think that, the I I support this team, Luke, because it's kind of a, a tale of like. NBA rejects. I'm calling them rejects. Like everyone was kind of giving up on Lonzo. Everyone has given up on DeMar DeRozan completely. Zach Levine came back from a really bad injury and is still getting better. Fuzovich finally got out of Orlando. Yeah. So it's like this team of really good people who deserves a happy home and and they're all there Mm -hmm. together. And I think that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I I like uh, them, but that's not my issue. I I, like, they're absolutely a league pass team for sure. I'll tune into their games, but a hundred percent on the flip side, they're three 0 because they beat some garbage teams. Let's relax. Yeah, okay, let's relax. But it's what they needed. The end right. of the season. The goal for the end of the season is not to make the Eastern Conference Finals. It's not to make it to the NBA Finals or win a championship or anything like that. It's to make sure you make Zach Levine happy so he can come back and you guys can build upon this season. Right? You want to go to the playoffs. You want to win a tough first round. You know, maybe you lose to the Bucks or the Nets or somebody like that in the second round. That's okay. As long as Zach Levine sees potential in this team and he says, I could sign a max contract in Chicago, that that's the end of the goal. That's the goal you want at the end of the year. You want Zach Levine to say, I'm here in Chicago. I'm for this team. I'm excited about Bulls basketball. That's what you want. That, that's the goal for the end of the year. That's a good yeah, point. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I feel like it, it has parallels to what like the Hawks did last year. Like, I think that sure. is kind of a good comparison just because, like, for them, it was the same thing with Trey. And then they put, like, a lot of good players around them, and then it worked out. But, right. I, I mean, in all fairness, like, would I be shocked if they made the Eastern Conference Final? No. But that's I more agree. because – and this is one of my overreactions, and maybe I am overreacting. Honestly, maybe not. I feel like historically we've always said the balance of power in the NBA has been in the Western Conference. You've had more good teams in the West – I think Mm -hmm. it's totally shifted to the East. I think the East has more like good to great teams. Like you don't know who's going to win any given night when they're playing each other than the West. So I think, like, I think the bulls could absolutely go on a tear. I think they have the scoring to do it. The defense scares me a little bit. And that's why I think them beating up on bad teams Uh, is at least a good indicator that they're doing what they're supposed to do. Lonzo had four steals and three blocks the other day. Okay. Okay, But one player specifically is not really, like that's not going to make a good team good at defense. 
I think if DeRozan engages on defense, he'll be okay. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, no, I I do. I think they, any given night, could beat any team. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And realistically, you could turn that into a series win or two or three even. Mm -hmm. If they go on, like, exactly. Like, I think they have the talent there to be able to pull something off. It just has to kind of go right. They have to click. Maybe they make Mm -hmm. some deadline moves to, to bolster their team. I don't know. But... I, like I think them. it's huge that they no longer have Thad Young. I think if Thad Young was still on this team, team you're anti Thad. I oh, I like. I'm Thad no, I'm big on, I'm big on Thad. No, I'm upset that he's not on this team because I think he solves a lot of their problems. He's a really good role player. He plays defense, rebounds, he shoots threes. It's kind of what you want. Yeah. Right? So. Okay. okay. My my last note that we haven't covered. Let's do it. Is Paul George on Thursday looked really good? Except- Except- oh, and two. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Curry Curry popped off for forty five, so you can't really blame him. Eric Bledsoe had twenty two points, which is I hate Bledsoe on that team. Except like, here's my one thing about Bledsoe: I think he'll be fine this year because Kawhi is not there. But then the mm-hmm. second like you're gonna have him defer and be, I guess, the third option is really where he's going to be. I think he's the third option. I think he's the third option right now behind Reggie Jackson. It's Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it's not great. Definitely not great for them. But that's why, I mean, uh, when we were having our conversation about like dark horse um, MVP candidates, like if Paul George makes his team good and like they are a top four team in the West somehow, like he's Mm going to, the only way that's possible is Paul George is playing like an MVP, kind of like he was doing in OKC. Yeah, and that's so that's the second half of my note. I say Paul George is really good. I'm wondering if when Kawhi gets back, should Paul George continue to be the lead player on this team? On offense, it's about Paul George being Paul George. And I think we kind of see him lose some of his touch, lose some of his aggressiveness when Kawhi comes back. And it's okay, it's my ball. I'm going to do with it what I want. But like, you don't really see that with Kawhi. Kawhi's played in that Spurs position where it's kind of like, when you get your touches, you make the most of them. And I think that's kind of how it should be, right? I think they should put the ball in Paul George's hands. And when it doesn't work for Paul George, they should dump it into Kawhi. Interesting. I just... I disagree. Like, I think, I think Kawhi is your most consistent player. I think you need him, like, dominating the ball. And then you defer to your kind of better offensive player. Yeah, but when it's, when it's just Paul George, when you have Paul George without Kawhi, Paul George has been great. Right. Right. Which oh, is yeah. Like, and it's not just this year. It's it's it predates this. Right. So when 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 the Clippers play and they don't have Kawhi, Paul George has been excellent. He's always been excellent. But when Kawhi is on the floor and I don't I feel like Paul George is like a he, he needs the volume of shots. He needs to put up 20 to 25 shots a game, whereas Kawhi could continue to get you 25 every night. To, right. Whether or not he's shooting 25 times or he's shooting 15. Maybe, so. maybe. And like, maybe that's part of the reason that the Clippers haven't had a tremendous amount of success and like everyone kind of expected it. So, and I it really seems wrong to, to take away from Kawhi, but that's like, how I feel. But you're right. Maybe something's got to give and you got to mix I, it up. But I think even if you want to accomplish that, I still think like star power, just like Kawhi being on the floor he's Kawhi. So it's like going to be just tough to even ever change that dynamic. I also just think it's going to be hard to get him to agree to it. Cause think about 
Like him no, coming there, he's pretty much called the shots. He is living in San Diego, making the team play in weight and like whatever. And they're just catering to him. And I think that's kind of what he's expected. And I don't know how the organization can suddenly be like, oh, no, you don't. Never mind. You're not our focal point. I don't point think it's anymore. an organization. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a quiet. You're not our focal point anymore. It's quiet. We're trying to win a championship. And if we want to win a championship, we have to play our best brand of basketball. And that means Paul George is going to get primary touches. It's not like a quiet. You're not our guy. It's like, we need you both to be at your best. And for Paul George to be at his best, he needs this. Can you sacrifice a little bit? Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, is he willing to sacrifice? Cause he certainly wasn't. Yeah, that's why he demanded a trade out of um, San Antonio. He didn't want to play in that system. And then, you know, obviously he leaves Toronto because he wants to be about him and he wants to be close to home and he wants to whatever. Like it's, it's very, it's very about, which I don't blame him for some of those things, but at the same time, like he does, he wants it. It's about him. He doesn't want to be a system player, which I, I can understand. And again, if it's like, you know, 10 seconds on the clock down by one, it's still Kawhi's ball. But yeah, when it's just, we're playing the game, when it's the first quarter, we're not starting with Kawhi as our first option. It's Paul George. Paul George will lead us all the way. And if you really need Kawhi at the end of the game, it's Kawhi's game. Almost okay. like, remember Jimmy Butler on the Sixers? And it was like, we dumped the ball into him. The beat is great. He gives us 20. And when it's crunch time and we need some tough buckets, it's Jimmy's, it's Jimmy's ball. Yeah. Same I mean, thing. I could Same see thing. it. I could, I could see it. I just do. I have such a hard time thinking that Kawhi coming back from this injury is going to be a, okay deferring like it just it would shock me but why not i mean just, maybe why not just say maybe. Kawhi, we want to take it we want to take it slow Kawhi. you know we're gonna let really, george continue really to run think it he's, do you think he's gonna like listen to ty Lu suggesting this like it just see it screams to me like that it's gonna cause a huge issue and end up being more of a problem than a solution so then the clippers have to figure it out i don't know yeah i, I mean a, you I, might I, be right i am strictly I'm, just thinking like looking at their situation from where it's been I'd be surprised if you can even convey to him that this would be a good idea. I think there's a high probability that they don't make the playoffs. I don't know. They'll make the play. They're good enough. They're good enough to make the play. I mean, Utah, Denver, both playoff teams, not playing. Warriors, Jazz, Timberwolves have looked good. Nuggets, Grizzlies, Trailblazers. I mean, the Grizzlies, I think, will kind of fall off. Lakers. I will say, though, just I don't know if this is an overreaction or just like three games in. My most entertaining players right now are probably Jokic, Steph, and Ja. I mean, Ja's been unreal. Ja's been like like the pure entertainment factor of the NBA. Oh, yeah. No, and Luke, I'll actually – I'm going to retract something from my our last episode where you were talking about Ja as a potential most improved player. Like, if he plays like this all season, my lord, he probably will be. Again, I think it, it it's him trying to build on his game between five to eighteen feet. Yep. Yeah, and so and far it, he's he's been doing it. Right. That's what I mean. I've seen more of him. Like when he gets in the lane, he's not looking to go straight to the rim. I see a lot of him trying to get to the rim, and if he doesn't feel he can get there, he's doing some type of crossover snatch behind the back, something, just trying to gain some space in that painted area rather than pulling it all the way out. We're going all the way to the rim. So. Yeah. And he's not, he, I think you're right. He's not forcing things. He's kind of letting the game come to him a little bit more than taking it every, right. absolutely at everyone every time. And like, he's still doing mm-hmm. that to a degree, but when he has it, 
So I do. I think that at least from a like a vision standpoint from for it's his good, game, it's, it's it, good to be aggressive. But it's it's there's there's times to be aggressive and there's times to be passive. There's 100%. a balance to it. Yeah. All right. Do we have any other overreactions or Giannis? We, got, uh, Giannis got better and the Bucks are really good. Yes. I mean, yeah, but that's like, I'm not shocked. I didn't think there was going to be like a, a championship hangover for that guy. It seems like he is just one of the hardest workers. So let's look up his game logs really quick because he's, he shot uh, nine threes. He's made three of them. He shooting 33% from three. And like, fine. Like, that's not even what I'm talking about. Like, it's just like he just feels demonstrably more in control than in the past. He's like adjusted his free throw routine too. And it's a little more consistent. Um, like, I, I, I don't know. It's little things, but he does look better. And again, maybe an overreaction. Mm-hmm. It's been two games, but he definitely three feels three games now, but he feels great. They look great. And they didn't even change their roster that much. Except no, yeah. they lost PJ Tucker, which is, which is huge, right, but, but, and that's a good, so they got pumped by the heat. Yeah. The, the heat looked great. I think the Heat put an exceptional game and the Bucks played bad. I don't think it was like a – I don't think it was a big deal. He didn't look against the Pacers. I don't know if you guys watched that game, but I did. Um, I didn't watch. I saw highlights. Like, I do – I think the Heat are really good, but I think it's like any team that takes on a new addition. Like, you have to work through some stuff. You have to get a little bit better. Like, you're going to find what systems work. You're going to find what rotations work. So, like, that's why, like, they're going to lose uh, some early. They're not going to be this big dominant team. It's a question of, like – in the second half, when they do have those things figured out, like, are they mm-hmm. just pumping out wins left and right? Or is it going to be more of like a steady growth? Like they're not going to find their true identity until they like, reach the playoffs. So that's more what I'm intrigued yeah. by there. But I think they, um, they absolutely have the tools to go win a championship. Jordan Nora on the Bucks. Yep. Looked really, really great. So I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I mean, they're deep and they their players are stepping up and like they still don't have DiVincenzo back. So like... They're going to get a little better. Who knows what they do at the deadline, if anything. Um, so we were talking about losing P.J. Tucker. They had added Semi Ojale from the Celtics. Yeah. Kind of can play that same type of role. Won't see a huge number of minutes because he's not, not the same quality like P.J. Tucker, yeah. but he plays, that, he plays that role. He's like 6'6 six, six to 6'8, six, plays defense, shoots threes. So. Yeah. All right. Um, my last note, actually, I have a little okay, side hit note. Evan Mobley has looked great. He might win rookie of the year. He looks really good. Really good. His stat lines have been solid. He seems like a nice balanced player. But I mean, again, that true, that too feels like an overreaction because it's two games for a rookie. Yeah. That could easily Three shift. Games. Three games. Yeah. But uh, that can easily shift. First game, he had 17 points, nine rebounds, six assists, a steal, and a block. Next game, he had 13 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks. Next game, he had 17 points, 11 rebounds, one assist, one steal, four blocks. He's, I think he's they're still trying the, to figure out where they're playing him. He's doing the anti-Avery Bradley and filling every single category with some sort of number. <laughs> yes. But no, I mean, uh, that's, that's the thing. If teams start coming in and they hone in on him and that's kind of their focus defensively, um, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll change. But from just even just the eye test alone he seems very comfortable um and you would expect his growth throughout the year to kind of get him in that conversation of winning that award Mm because i mean 
good player, bad team, good role, good minutes, like nice supporting cast around him that kind of fits his strengths. I, That's kind of. I, like I think it. they're trying to so trying to figure out this roster and kind of where where everybody belongs. I mean, they're going to trade Sexton. It sounds forward. like it sounds like Sexton Sexton's yeah, going to be gone yeah. at some point, and then whatever they get back from that, like you're going to have to make that work. So like. I think if they can move Colin, if they can move Colin Sexton and Louis Marketing, I think this roster has a lot more potential. Yeah. With Mobley, Allen, Garland. I think Kevin Love will also get moved at some point, whether or not right. it's a trader, just like they let him walk. So yeah. Um, I mean, I think they definitely have some stuff to figure out, but they've been that fun to watch when they roll out their big man lineup. I mean, yeah. I, you know, like if they're if they're on, I'm not not gonna watch the game. Like I feel like in years past, no. in years past, like in the post LeBron Cleveland years, they've, they've had some Been tough, bad. they've had some tough looks. I think now, they're, they're kind good. of fun. I'd watch it. Yeah. Do you have league pass? I don't. So I don't have it. I might get it again. Um, if you get league pass, let me know. Cause I'm happy to split it. Oh, all right. Look at this. A nice little. I'll have, that. I'll have to check. I think we got a two year. Con- I have it in the emails when we got it for you. For oh, I thought it was just one year, but anyway, um, Nice little uh, hoop troop league pass action. Little overreactions here. Yeah, uh, and then I'm gonna come and watch the Knicks at your apartment. All right, let's let's wrap this up so you can come over. We can have Sunday night Knicks on MSG. You got front row seats. How far how far away do you guys live? How long is that subway ride? It's, it's not even. It's a ten minute walk. Oh yeah, nice and close. Yeah, we'll have a nice little good. Sunday dinner. Watch um, some Knicks Knicks basketball. Then I'll go to sleep. I actually I ate an early dinner pre before the podcast. Oh, I, ate, I ate an entire rotisserie chicken, so I'm full. okay. <laughs> <laughs> good lord! On that note, let's yeah. wrap That's this up. Dinner. It was good. Yeah. Um. All right. So this is uh, the Hoop True Podcast. For those of you still listening, thanks for tuning in and join us next time.